0: And welcome to episode 353 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with. How are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Been a couple of weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? Last
1: time I came on, I started the first two episodes of season three of Atlanta, because it yes. just arrived with the swarm of June television. <laughs> i finished the season now, which is the 10 episodes of season three. Really interesting sort of mix of episodes, because almost half of the season, I don't, I, I can't remember specifically how many episodes, but they do a lot of one-off random episodes Episodes with characters that have no connection to the show, as well, and what the idea of those episodes is is again to dig into one of the bigger themes in the show, which is like just culture itself, cultural sort of differences and and that type of stuff. So they do they do a good job with all of the episodes because maybe I'm making it sound like you know they sort of just dart off to nowhere for for a few episodes, but one of the episodes is there's a white family that you're following, so a dad, mum, and a and a son. They go to—I'm not going to say Hugh's funeral, but they—they they go to a funeral in the episode, and a funeral is like an all-black family event, right. and you get the sense that one that they've not been to an all-sort of black family funeral, and two that those. Events because it is in a church and all this type of stuff. They have some different traditions. Yeah, because the whole theme and backdrop of the show is culture, specifically of course you know with black culture and stuff. With the main characters, including Donald Glover's character being black and sort of what they go through and everything, how the people around them sort of react to the things that they're doing, how they react to the things that they're doing as well. There's an episode involving a phone which has got a a scene that was like really made me sort of really really laugh a lot. I don't want. Spoil what the joke is, but uh, I'll just say it involves something to do with uh, Liam Neeson. It's really quite funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really quite funny. There's a few episodes that have some good twists and turns and stuff. But overall, the show is just a masterpiece. I mean, I'm just giving you sort of snippets of what happens throughout some of the episodes in the season. But they do take some different directions, some different paths in the season. that They dabbled in before, but they do it a lot more this season. And it's surprising how many of those one-off sort of episodes they're able to get away with, which have, at the time, no connection. There's some other bits and pieces that were going on. With that again, I'm trying to just tiptoe around spoilers. But no, again, just just the masterpiece of a show. Just from everything, the way it's put together, the way it's shot, the way it's written, the way it's acted. A lot of it is on Donald Glover. I don't want to say all of it. Obviously, there's other people involved to give credit to, but he's you know the producer, director. He stars in it in a bunch of episodes, so. He's a very, very big piece of the show. Of course. He's just such an incredible talent, whether it's the directing that he's doing, the acting, the writing in different situations, he's he's, uh, an incredible talent and I'm really looking forward to seeing, well, obviously we know we've got another season of Atlanta, but outside of that, I mean, I know we've seen him as like Lando and he's really good in that role in, in the solo film. One thing that was interesting that I sort of remembered as I was going through the season is I remember there was a part where he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. I think I think he was Miles's uncle or something. And I mm-hmm. remember there was some like rumored castings again, rumors. This was like ages ago. This is back in 2017 that he could play Miles Morales. The only problem with that now he's is yeah he's too old and again you get you get different canon of spider-man stories but usually miles is younger than peter yeah and peter sort of mentors him into becoming spider-man because they do the same thing in the games as well yeah and i don't know the exact ages of tom and donald but i think donald actually older than tom so that, I, that i'm wouldn't... fairly sure he is he certainly yeah. looks older so because tom i think is in his almost the same age as me and i think donald glover's a bit older so that uh, unfortunately that wouldn't work for that reason but he'd obviously be very yeah. good in that role yeah.
0: donald glover's <laughs> 38 by the way so yes very much
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that wouldn't work unfortunately he could be a spider-man just not necessarily miles because he's got a yeah. very particular story so so i typed in you can see i put jurassic stuff <laughs> here as some of you know i think it was last week i can't even really remember when i saw it it sort of got out of my mind already when i saw jurassic world dominion really really didn't like it at all what was interesting about that film is it set up a particular premise and it basically doesn't use that premise. I don't really want to get into what the premise is and how they don't use it, because that's fuel to discover if you choose to watch the film. But it, it basically, it sets up a really, really interesting premise. That I don't think the Jurassic franchise has done before and then sort of doesn't use it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that about 20 to 30 minutes in. And then I sort of switched the way I was watching it and thought, OK, can I have sort of dumb fun with this film? the problem with trying to have dumb fun with something is if that thing itself is not fun how am I supposed to do that <laughs> it, it just wasn't good basically I did a whole like review and stuff for it but that, that's kind of my my basic summary of things and I thought oh that's really disappointing that's the, the end of the well, the trilogy currently so there isn't another immediate one coming out so and I, I like the Jurassic stuff I think dinosaurs are very cool I like the old films and all that sort of thing I think I liked the other two Jurassic world films as well I remember liking them so mm-hmm. this is easily the worst one, I think. So there's that but then i remember there's a nice fun little netflix show called dress at world camp cretaceous and yes. i my, my watching part of it was marked at the beginning of season three and i went back to that watch the season three premiere and that was a lot of fun so i had a good time with that again that's aimed more for like a lot more family friendly type stuff and all that which which is fine the Jurassic franchise can kind of be like that but this is with the uh, the younger teenage or sort of characters mm-hmm. they get stuck on this island and of course they have to survive from the dinosaurs what's interesting about it as well there's a scene in that third season premiere that is surprisingly kind of Deep. again not like you know intricately sort of breaking bad or you know yeah, yeah. On, the, or, or on that scale but like from what you'd probably expect from a Jurassic world Car Cretaceous show um there's a scene from one of the characters that's like a bit deeper than what you'd expect and even that hit me sort of more than what the whole film did but I'm glad at least I'm glad I've got like a better piece of media from the same thing to fall back on because I've got like the three seasons of that to watch so mm-hmm. good opening episode I enjoyed that it went past really quick as well which is always a good sign and I mean I know the episodes are short but it's still went and passed really fast so that's going to be my next sort of like box set show is to catch up with seasons i think three four and five yeah i think five is the last one it as is, well yeah. so i'll go through that and really enjoy that other than that, just wanted to mention it in some new stuff late last night, probably because the new Game of Thrones show was coming out, HBO Max dropped this sort of like what's coming up clip and they showed little clips of Succession and Barry and all, all these other shows. They showed like a little bit of hacks as well. And then they had this 30 second clip at the end of The Last of Us, which we haven't seen. We, we've seen like pictures floating around out there. Of course, people take photos of the set from a distance and those things happen. But that's not looking at it through the production quality of what you're intended to see it as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this clip. Is perfect. Even though it's very quick, it's like 30 seconds, it gives you a very interesting first look as to okay, what's this thing going to look like? And also, how are uh, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal going to sound as Joel and Ellie? Because, of course, they're not Ashley and Troy, which are the two voice actors. The one thing that kind of caught everybody, and it's the it's the bit at the end. Pedro as Joel delivers this line, and everyone's like, I can't really tell the difference between that and Troy. <laughs> Obviously, there's like slightly different accent because they've got different accents, but yeah, he really adjusted his voice for that. Bella, I thought was really good. She doesn't quite get highlighted as much in the trailer. Again, it's very quick. You sort of see Bill, and you see some of like the stuff on the wall that you see in the games. That really got me quite excited. Not that I wasn't excited already, because I am. And then Neil Druckmann cheekily sort of tweeted out, oh, there's more to come on that. And everyone was like, no, what? What do you mean? Everybody were sort of freaking out. So long story short, though, it's a very good time to be a Last of Us fan. Yeah. Because in a few weeks, we're going to get the remake of part one, which looks very cool. So Yes. Um, did you see that clip that they dropped? Those, I haven't seen it yet. Well. I
0: will go and look it up later. Um, and I see they they, they are doing a... Because they've had a remaster of part one, haven't they? And now they're doing an actual remake of part one, which is yeah. of the game. So
1: good time to be a fan right now. Yeah. One of the things that they explained before is they had a certain vision for Last of Us 1 when it came out in on the PS3. That's a PS3 game yeah. Last of Us 1, which is strange. Back in 2013, when they had more limited technology and they put out like a 10 minute video A couple of weeks ago basically explaining here's some of the new things that we're doing and we simply couldn't do this on the ps3 version because technology just constrained us so this is more like the full definitive version so looking forward to that
0: Yeah. Just jumping back on the Jurassic World Dominion thing, it is out to rent now, although it's it's those stupid £15 rental things, I think, at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's an extended edition digital download coming out on the 12th of September, and then it's out on Blu-ray and HD disc for the 26th of September. So if you are a fan of the Jurassic franchise and just want to be a completist and see it, I mean, Grey, I think, said, if you're really a huge Jurassic fan, it's probably something, you want to see but he had a similar sort of opinion of it's not a great movie in itself mm-hmm. I think he probably had a bit more fun with it than you did but I haven't actually watched it yet so I can't give an okay. opinion one way or the other but uh, mm-hmm. yeah so 12th for digital download 26th for the disc version if you're going to go that way so for me obviously Better Call Saul and Westworld both had their finales which we did podcasts on last week talking about the final episodes mm-hmm. um, certainly the final final episode of Better Call Soul. that is not coming back and that Breaking Bad world for now is certainly ended. We're going to go back and do a sort of wrap-up thing for that later this week, aren't we? Yeah, on uh, Thursday. Yeah, so So uh, what what we call
1: a series wrap-up podcast. Yeah,
0: so we'll be doing that over on Entertainment Talk. Westworld, we talked about the finale over on Entertainment Talk as well last week. Interestingly, I interviewed Paul Cameron who was the director of the episode Generation Loss, which was without going into spoilers it was quite a pivotal episode in the middle which had a very large explosion mm-hmm. in it I talked to him about that and I did ask the question do you know anything about future seasons he did say as far as he's aware it's not renewed either way yet they didn't specifically plan that as a series finale or whether, as we said on the show it could very well serve as a series finale if that's what they wanted I mean it, it comes mm-hmm. to a reasonable concluding point but they seems to be some will to do a fifth season so if HBO and it's very difficult to tell with HBO with the way everything's going with Warner Brothers Discovery right now but if HBO do want to do another season it sounds like they're up for doing another season although I got the impression that that would be the last one if they did that so up in the air right now we don't know whether that's going to come back or not but uh, the interview for that will be coming soon it'll go up at some point sort of before mid-September that one Over on Netflix, we got a bit of a surprise because one day last week, they dropped episode 11 of The Sandman, which came completely out of nowhere. They told nobody they were going to do it, and... It isn't a direct continuation of the previous story. It, it is essentially a two-parter based on other things within the whole Sandman universe. So Dream is in there. It's interesting. Half of it's animated and half of it is live action. Or I mean, it, it's actually sort of more a quarter of it is animated and three quarters of it is live action. And it's two distinct stories. One of them is the story called A Dream of a Thousand Cats. Really quite interesting. And the cast that they've got, the voice cast for that is, is insane. insane. David Tennant in there it's got Georgia in there as well he's other half it's got Michael Sheen and Anna Lundberg who are also a couple so he's basically roped in the entire cast of stage to do this Nonzo Alonzi from Sweet Tooth is in there James McAvoy Neil Gaiman himself provides one of the voices. randomly Joe Lycett provides one of the voices which is really odd but there you go uh, Sandra is mm. oh, in there as well Rosie Day I mean this crazy voice cast that he pulled together to do that it's It's about 15, 20 minutes, that bit. And that's really nice. It's beautifully animated. They've done such a wonderful job with that. And then there is a live action thing, which primarily focuses on a character played by Arthur Davil, who plays an author who is struggling to write his second novel and ends up acquiring a muse. That's played by, uh, I think it's Melissa Nathi is her name. She's been in something called The Other Me and she's a voice in a number of the Assassin's Creed games as well. So those are the, uh, the sort of main two leads in it. Derek Jacoby shows up in that as well, and it's got the fates from the show, and Tom Surridge reappears as Dream in it. Again, that's another little self-contained story about this author. That's really good. So they're like little bottle things, not connected to the overall story of of the Sandman, but uh, they just popped up on the nineteenth, and Netflix went surprise. Here's next episode. <laughs> uh, but it was intentional it wasn't it wasn't sort of oh we forgot to put that up they they just wanted to drop this little bonus episode thing on and it sort of makes sense because it isn't connected to the main story that was rather nice and uh, I mean I thought the main show was Absolutely fantastic. Did a really good job with it. And uh, yeah, it was just nice to get a little sort of extra thing. Have you watched through the Sandman yet? No, not yet. It's worth going to look at. Definitely. I've heard some good things about it. Yeah. Other things I caught up with. I realized I hadn't watched the last two episodes of For All Mankind because I was sent a preview of it and was checking through Apple TV and realised that the preview that they sent me only went up to episode eight and there's actually ten episodes in season four. So I hadn't actually seen the final two episodes. So I went back huh. and watched that. Um, it was brilliant this season. Really, really good. It rounds off in an interesting way. It's another one of those shows that doesn't really mind about killing off main characters does rather a a, a good job of nobody's quite that safe. And as I said before, with Full Mankind, because they jump forward a decade every season, it was going to be inevitable at some point you have to have a complete turnover of cast because if you've gone through like four seasons, that's 40 years. You're dealing with astronauts. Okay, they might have started in their 20s, but it means they're going to be sort of mid-60s in their 70s by the time you get to a fifth season. So there's only so long they can kind of be astronauts and stuff Mm -hmm. so so at some point inevitably some of those casts are going to come out if you've not caught for all mankind it's this show which is set in this sort of alternate history where it starts off that the russians beat america to the moon and that continues the space race, so it rapidly changes the progress of technology on Earth. And it's really, really good. Well, well worth watching. And uh, you know, they, they've gone through, as I say, jumps 10 years each season, so they start off in the sort of 60s, 70s, and then it goes into the 80s, and then the latest season in the 90s, and then they'll be in the sort of 2000s in the next season. But the progress has been sort of moon bases and trips to Mars and that sort of stuff yeah, as they've gone through. It but uh yeah last two episodes are, are- As solid as the rest of the season, so that's been good. House of the Dragon, I have started watching it. I'm not going to do a full review of that yet because I'm only halfway through the first episode so far. Because we're recording this on Monday and it literally dropped to like at 2 a.m. this morning, so I haven't managed to watch the whole thing yet. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far. There's a lot of characters they throw at you at the start, and there's sort of it's one of those things I might need a family tree just to work out who's connected to. But yeah, uh, (laughs) really liking what I'm seeing so far. We'll see where it goes, but that's been good for the opening first half of the first episode so far. Big thing that dropped last week, of course, was She-Hulk, which is a half hour comedy, basically, set in the Marvel Universe. Tatiana Mislany playing She-Hulk, the Hulk's cousin. She gets her powers in the case of the TV show, an accidental sort of blood transfusion that happens during a car accident. And uh, it, it's more deliberate, I think, in the comic books, but it becomes more of an accident in, in the TV show. She is a lawyer. We don't really see an awful lot of lawyering in the first episode because it's more explaining how she got her powers and it's, it's a sort of, a lot of it to two-hand between Tatiana mislaney and Mark Ruffalo as he, he's sort of explaining Hulkness to her and she's kind of learning to control the powers it is very funny they both do a wonderful job but she is brilliant you know if you've listened to the show how much we love her anyway because uh, her role on Orphan Black was immense and she's great in this I think it's really really good the CG which people were worried about I think has been a lot better on the actual released version than it was in some of the early trailers but yeah I, I like it i think it's a really good interesting addition to the marvel canon so far what did you think i love this first episode i thought it was such a good
1: introduction the chemistry between the two of two into the way they set things up T'Challa obviously being brilliant i can't wait to see how all characters that we know are going to show up later show up into the show how that's going to integrate itself and, uh, yeah, there's, there's some good, like, references to, like, Tony Stark and everything, especially with what Hulk's talking about. It's yeah. always really good. It's it's good when, I mean, when you've got 14 years worth of a franchise, of, of a universe, obviously from 2008, there's going to be a lot of things that have happened to these characters, both on and off screen. So when characters mention, like, oh, yeah, so-and-so helped me with this, it's nice to hear about that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But, no, I thought she was brilliant. There was no question that she would be brilliant, of course, because of, you know, Orphan Black. But, no, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It went by really quick, which is always was a good sign when an episode go. that's not to say the episode was too short it's to say it was entertaining so it went past really fast post-credit scene was quite fun as yes. well um i've heard <laughs> there's a post-credit scene in every episode there is there this, is, is a sort good. of
0: there's a it's a mid-credit scene technically but yes there isn't a one in every episode apparently
1: right yeah no i loved it really good start i'll probably be doing a season review when it's finished in yeah. october i think it finishes they put out like a episode guide thing i think they said 14th october for the finale so uh, i'll be giving my full thoughts
0: at that time but uh, no really good start to the opening episode yeah absolutely it was really really solid there was a, a tweet from chris evans which i thought was hilariously funny based on this references to captain america in this let's say uh mm-hmm. not to spoil if you haven't seen it which was three laughing emojis and the the sort of smiley face with a zip across the mouth at <laughs> the end of it <laughs> That was hilarious. But yeah, if you've not watched she Hulk yet, it is well worth going to see. So go and check that out. It's on Disney Plus now and releasing weekly Thursdays. I think Thursdays. They Thursdays, say, yeah. Thursdays release, yeah. Mm, interesting. Randomly. So yeah, go and check that out. The other thing I did this week was I went over to Wrexham because Wales Comic Con, having done the last few cons in Telford, have gone back to their their spiritual home, which is the university in Wrexham. That's where they used to hold it, and then they sort of outgrew the venue, so they moved everything to Telford. But for a one-day event, they went back and did a, a con in Wrexham called Wales Comic Con Homecoming. Wales Comic Con, if you've never been, it's the lovely group of people really really nice and they always have some fabulous guests over there so uh, there was some wonderful people there this time around and um, I actually met a couple of people who uh, went you know because I was there filming panels and they it's like oh who are you filming for and I said Geek Town and they went oh my god I love that site <laughs> nice, <laughs> which is really nice. lovely you know because yeah. you don't hear that all the time you don't, I don't generally meet people that much that was really really wonderful but I mean they, it was the collection of guests a few people doing panels which I'll, I'll go through what's going up and, and what isn't for that. Uh, a couple of people who didn't do panels, they have people like Jet from Gladiators there randomly. They had Mark Lewis-Jones. Peter Davison, I believe, was there as well, The from Doctor Who. Um, the panels that they did, Brian Blessed was there, the wonderful and lovely Brian Blessed, which was really funny because he came out on stage, they introduced him and we went, Brian Blessed, and there's obviously an interviewer there who was, was supposed to sit down and asking questions and brian comes out says hello does a sort of big gordon's alive to everybody okay is the sort of big catchphrase and then pushes the single chair Towards the front of the stage, sits down and essentially just monologues for forty minutes, telling stories. The interviewer didn't ask a single question throughout the entire thing. It was just glorious to sit see him sit there and just talk. And he's so so wonderful. I would love to see a panel with him and John Rhys Davis, who played Gimli in the Lord of the Rings and was been in a bunch of other stuff as well. Because the pair of them can talk forever. And if you had both of them on stage at the same time, you'd be there just like for hours. And they're sort of the same generation. So I'd be really interested to see a show with just the pair of them telling stories and trying to outdo each other with stories. Because, I mean, Brian, if you don't know him, obviously Flash Gordon's probably one of the things that he's best known for. But, I mean, the man's a national treasure. But he's telling things, stories about sort of having, you know, been to the Antarctic and the Arctic and punching polar bears and (laughs) training to be a cosmonaut because he is a fully trained cosmonaut and uh, just there's all sorts of random bizarre stuff and uh, talks a lot about sort of doing Flash Gordon and uh, things that went on in that and just really, really wonderful, wonderful human being and it was great to see him. Stefan Kaepernick, who is Colossus from the Deadpool movies, did a panel as well. I didn't film all the panels because some of them, the guests had asked for their panels not to be filmed. Stefan was one. I think because he'd had quite a rough flight. He'd taken like two different flights to get there and I think was incredibly jet-lagged and was slightly worried he might say something that he didn't want on video, which I entirely understand because that makes perfect sense. But uh, he was delightful. He actually didn't say anything that he shouldn't have said. So, uh, you know, that video he was lovely and great. He did Mentioned that it looks like deadpool 3 everything going to plan will shoot next year so that is great news because be very happy to see deadpool and colossus back and we'll see what other x-men come in because of course at that point it will be part of the mcu as well which will be quite interesting because it will be the first Mm -hmm. sort of r-rated mcu movie Because there's no way they're going to downgrade it. So, (laughs) No, no. Chris Barry was also there from Red Dwarf. He was supposed to be there with Danny John Jules. Danny John Jules apparently, literally just before they came on stage, had sort of rung Chris to say, I'm sorry, mate, I'm really under the weather. I'm not going to be able to get there. And if you've ever met Danny, you know it takes a lot to put Danny down because he's usually completely hyper. So I don't know what was wrong with him, but I hope he gets better soon because it's very rare for him to miss something like this. But uh, as the the interviewer joked, at least I might be able to get a question in now because <laughs> Daddy does <laughs> rather take over interviews. Again, Chris had asked for that panel not to be filmed, so there w- won't be a video going up for that one. I, I think because Chris does the comic con circuit quite a lot and probably doesn't want all his best con stories going up on the internet, which I entirely understand. He did make some comments about Red Dwarf. Apparently, there is no plans in place for a new season at the moment. There is some behind-the-scenes business issue which is above his pay grade that needs to be sorted out. But Doug wants to do more and the cast want to do more. So they need to get that issue sorted, whatever it is, whether it's a rights thing or, you know, what channel they're on. or I don't know. But there is something business-wise that apparently needs to be sorted, which is why there isn't a new season of Red Dwarf coming out. Interestingly, he did mention something else that they did a table read of, which he described as kind of Red Dwarf, not really Red Dwarf, sort of Red Dwarf adjacent kind of. I got the impression that it was basically the same cast, but not Red Dwarf do you know how American Horror Story does different stories every time, but with the same cast of people? Right. Yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. I don't know what that is. They did a table read of that. I think he said in 2020, they, they did something and he really liked it. And he was sort of saying, I hope we can do something with that at some point. So I don't know what that is, but uh, keep an eye out. Cause that sounded quite sort of interesting and it would be nice to have that cast back, even if it's not back in Red Wharf, if they were back doing something else you <sighs> Videos I did manage to get, Matt Ryan and Paul Blackthorne from the Arrowverse, they were brilliant and were just bouncing off each other. And that was a really, really wonderful interview. There is a video for that, which will go up at some point this week. One of the interesting things Matt mentioned on stage was the reason that Constantine was killed off in Legends was because the rights went somewhere else to Constantine as the character, presumably over to the J.J. Abraham's Justice League Dark and Constantine series, which they're doing for HBO. Max. And that seems to also be the reason why Jenna Coleman is playing Joanna Constantine in The Sandman and it's not Matt doing it. It sounds like they've basically handed the rights of Constantine over to the J.J. Abrahams stuff and don't want anybody else confusing it by playing it somewhere else, which is stupid because they're supposed to be in a multiverse and they, they made a big yeah, thing of that. Yeah, that's
1: kind of how comic book stories work. Exactly. When you have a multiverse, you can have more than one version of different characters. <laughs> so It's annoying when, because Warner Brothers has done Things like that before, mm-hmm. uh, like they've put blocks on certain characters. I mean, why do we think that we've never seen Batman in the Arrowverse before? It's because they weren't allowed to really use him. I mean, I know we kind of had the Bruce Wayne for a little bit, but we never had like Batman, Batman show up. Yeah, um, and for a while they couldn't use Superman until they could with Tyler hecklin So yeah, it's, it's a silly thing to do because if you want to have like this separate, if, if the Justice League Dark stuff is even happening, people love Matt Ryan as Constantine. So to take that away because Legends isn't even around anymore is a silly thing to do so mm-hmm. but they for some reason made an exception with the flash where you have the tv and the film version so yeah it doesn't really make sense no it doesn't it's a, it,
0: it, it's weird why they've done that i mean i think the problem is matt's so good at that character that if you still had matt on screen doing it and then you had somebody else come in and like here's the new Constantine, was like well he's nowhere near as good as matt uh, uh, maybe they want to put some distance between the two possibly i don't know but, mm. but he says that's the reason for it which is a shame but there you go but that video will be going up for fairly soon and the last video I did was with Grace Van Dyne and Alex Oktov who played uh, Grace played Chrissy in Stranger Things and Alec played oh. Alexi. so Alexi was what season three I think and Chrissy was the uh, latest season and they're both from Stranger Things uh, they were really cute together apparently this is the first time the pair of them have met because obviously they're in two different seasons and that oh, cast yeah. changed yeah. over so this is the first time they'd actually met they were like sort of met in the green oh. room backstage going oh I You know, so that was really sweet. And they were lovely. And they actually kind of worked quite well together. They were sort of bouncing off each other. And and, uh, it was quite fun. So there's a Stranger Things panel going up as well. That was really good. But yeah, overall, Wales Comic Con, they're back in December at Telford. Well worth going to. They've got tons of great guests. The, uh, The show floor's always good fun. Also had a lovely chat with one of the guys who build robots for Robot Wars. Remember that TV show? Yeah, yeah. A guy called James Baker, who you might remember from some of the earlier versions of the show, he he was the, uh, the guy whose, uh, I think, nine-year-old daughter at the time was actually the designer of the robots, and he just built them. She was basically the boss of the team. His daughter is now 15 years old. They're still building robots together. Glitter Bomb was the big one that that I seem to remember from the show, and they had that there. But one of the other things he does at the moment is um, they rescue all the bots that were from the robot wars they're still in touch with the other teams so rather than going onto the scrap heap they uh, rescue and restore some of the older robots so they had like really big cheese which was one of the uh, one of the robots from the earlier shows of robot wars they are still doing events and things uh, there's a possibility they might go and do some live events over in vegas because they're, they're talking about doing sort of live non-televised nights in vegas so uh, there's there's things going on with them no news on tv side of things i I think the American version Battlebots is still running, but uh, Robot Wars isn't at the moment in the UK. He was really lovely. I had quite a lovely chat with him. That was really great. But yes, lots of stuff going on at uh, Wales Comic Con. Definitely worth going to check out. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. So we start off the TV and film news with the renewals cancellations and pickups and as far as I can see no cancellations this week so we're going to move on to renewals the rehearsal which is coming soon I think to Sky Comedy that has been renewed on HBO for a second season so that will be coming back. The Shy has been renewed for a sixth season by Showtime so that one's returning and VH1 has renewed RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked as well so they Will be coming back, I think, is surprise to nobody. Given the, what a juggernaut that show is, so uh, yeah, that will be returning. It? Yeah, I know, hugely, hugely popular and massive one on BBC, yeah, no, isn't uh, yeah, I'm not one sure of where. Um, yes, I'm not sure where Drag Race is these days, but um, one of the There's Drag Race UK, I think, is on BBC. Mm-hmm, but two different ones, yeah. There's the Wow streaming service because Wow are the people that make the drag race stuff, and they all go out mm. next day on the Wow streaming service. So if you are a drag race fan, I think it's like five pound a month that. So if you're a Drag Race fan, you can get like all the Drag Races on there. So there's that. In pickups and other bits and pieces of news, Paramount announced a free Star Trek Day live stream event, which is coming on September the 8th. It'll be 8 p.m. It's going out across social media and on YouTube. It will then be on Paramount Plus the following day. So that will be something worth looking out for if you're a Star Trek fan anyway. uh, The reason it's September the 8th is because that's the day in 1966 when Star Trek first debuted on TV. That's why it's that particular day. And uh, 8 p.m. It's going to be 12 noon PST, 3 p.m. EST. So uh, if you're in America, that's when you can go and check that out. uh Tony Newsome from Lower Decks and Paul F. Tonkins from Lower Decks are going to be the two people that are going to be the main presenters of it. They do a a podcast called the pod directive as well and so they're going to be the people presenting the live stream it's going to have uh conversations with the cast from picard they've got jerry ryan and michelle Hurd there. lower decks they've going to have um well obviously two of the cast are, are like lower deck cast anyway but they're, they're going to be talking with various members of the lower deck cast uh star trek prodigy they're going to be talking to the voice cast of that including kate mulgrew and strange new worlds they've got rebecca Romijn, jess bush Christina Chang various other members of the cast for Strange New Worlds there as well so there's going to be lots of interviews with cast members from across the Star Trek universe they've got a, a tribute to Nichelle Nichols who sadly passed away earlier this year so there's going to be a special video honouring her there's behind the scenes set tours of Discovery they've got things going on like a, a, a fan being transformed into a Star Trek alien they've got a cosplay cosplay competition thing going there's reggie watts from the late late show he's going to be the musical guest they've got stand-up comedian there as well so there's there's lots of fun and silly things going on there but that's going to be 8th of september at 8 p.m in uk time it'll be up on the star trek and the paramount YouTube channels, so you can go and check that out. If you go to startrek.com forward slash day, it'll give you all the information about that as well. Weirdly, September eighth is also been penciled in as Disney Day. So they're gonna be kind of slightly battling each other by the sense of it. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what's dropping on Disney Day this year, I don't think. I don't think they've made any announcement on that. But yes. Is that uh, is that the
1: same thing as Disney Plus Day or is that a different thing?
0: I, I'm not sure. I don't know whether that's okay. Disney. i don't oh, know. got
1: D23 in uh, September as well.
0: Yes, oh. there is some Disney stuff apparently dropping that day as well. Do you think we'll get
1: any Star Trek this year? Like a new season of Discovery or something?
0: I'm not sure about that. We have got Lower Decks coming imminently. We've got the new series of that okay. coming later this week that drops. Right. I'm not sure about the live shows. Picard should be reasonably well. I think they've actually finished filming Picard now because mm. they ran it back to back with the previous one. I don't know whether that will drop first, I'm not sure. But, I mean, we may get some announcements during that live stream event as well. so yeah. Strange, we'll, Strange New World's basically just finished. Yeah, yeah. so so we've got Discovery um, Picard. And we we'll may, see what happens. Yeah, may hear some more about some of the other potential shows as well. So we'll see. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, they made some announcements about specific times it will drop, which Amazon don't usually do. You know, it's just like, oh, it goes up when it goes up. But um, because it's such a huge property, they're actually essentially simulcasting it. So it will drop. At the same time worldwide, which means it's going to drop the first episode Friday, the second of September, at 2 a.m. And it's going to drop as a double bill. So it's actually the first two episodes, two AM in the UK. So that's when it will drop over here. Episodes after that will drop at 5 a.m., but the first episode is dropping at 2 a.m. So you can stay up on the second of September and watch the first two episodes through the night, if that's what you wish to do. I won't be doing that, I will be watching them in the morning. But uh, yes, Mm -hmm. that's uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I am looking forward to that. I I know some people have been very kind of snotty about it and was like, well, it's not proper Lord of the Rings and that sort of stuff. But I mean, I'm not judging it until I've seen it. And it looks beautiful from what I've seen. They seem to have thrown a lot of money at it. And uh, another update on the Flash movie. As we were talking about last week, they basically had three options for the Flash film. The first one being Ezra Miller getting professional help, followed by... Interview, then limited press when the film is released. The second option was if Miller refused to get help, they'd release the film without any involvement from Ezra at all and then would recast in future projects. The third option was the nuclear one where they just scrap everything. It seems like they're going with option one because after we talked about that, I think it was actually last Monday later on, Ezra released a statement saying, having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologise to everybody that I have alarmed and upset with my past behaviour. I'm committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, productive stage in my life. So that was the statement from Ezra. So, uh, yeah, sounds like gone to option one. We'll see what happens now, but I'm kind of glad that at least seems to be seeking some form of treatment. Hopefully it works because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got two thoughts on that, which is with
1: Ezra getting help, that's a good thing because yeah. with the absolute mountain of things that I've read that Ezra has apparently done, some of which have been caught on video. So they are real, yeah. and some of which, some of which have been reported and said that like, oh, this may or may not be true, but you sort of start buying that like, oh no, it makes sense. that Ezra would probably do that because of other things that have happened. And this hasn't just been going on a couple of months. this has been going on a couple of years. Yes. There has to be a line that's drawn at some point because if somebody does the type of things that Ezra has apparently been doing, and yes, there's a complex degree of mental health issues people can go through. And I don't know if Ezra's trying to use it as like an excuse or just an apology, but there has to be a line drawn at some point where you look at the things that Ezra has done and think you can't just put all of that on. Oh, I just yes. had complex mental health issues. There has to be a line drawn of where... Because yes, people can have complicated mental health issues and go and do bad things if they get out of control, which Ezra seems to have done. Mm-hmm. But some of the things and I'm not going to go into all the things here, some pretty no. like dark stuff that I've read as well. They're genuinely what I would describe as like criminally bad things yes. that, that, I, that I've read. Because you, you could say like you suffer with like depression and maybe you started getting addicted to alcohol and you you crashed a car or something. That's like a more simple example mm-hmm. where somebody's had like a, again, not saying depressions a, a simple thing, just one of the more common sort of things and that could lead to maybe alcohol issues or whatever and you doing like still dangerous things but not to the degree of things that Ezra's done because I've I've read some just wild things over the last couple of months and just thought like no you you can't just put this on oh I just had mental health issues and I'm sorry so uh, but but again as I mentioned going back to my first point if this is Ezra trying to hey I'm trying to like calm down at least or trying to seek some kind of help and stay out of trouble which is the main thing that Mm -hmm they need to do that's good because we'd rather have Ezra getting help and staying out of trouble that's obviously what we want because the film aside you know there's a person's life here which is having things happen to it and other people that have been involved as well other young people that have been involved in the situation and and you want you know the, push the film aside for a minute you want these people to be safe we don't want something yes. bad to happen to Ezra so yeah that's kind of my that's kind of my thoughts on that but um, yeah. I've spoken before I, I did a podcast a few months ago when this stuff was still happening one of the suggestions I made was you know like with the mandalorian where you have you you do the deep fake stuff and you have the different person's face so it's not mark hamill's face mm-hmm. or, or it is but it's the younger version so that you can put it properly with the timeline of where that is i don't know how much work it would take to do that with the flash mm-hmm. but that's an option that they should also consider i know that that will cost money but you might have i don't know better results with that because the interesting thing with doing that you'd only need to do that in scenes where Ezra's actually showing their face. So, for example, yeah. if, if you have a scene where the Flash is running through something, which I'm assuming the Flash is going to do a lot of running in the Flash, and Ezra's face won't be showing, you won't need to do that for those scenes because you won't see Ezra's face, or if there's any shots from the side or from behind or things like yeah. that, um, that, that's not something that I've read that's considered as an option. Because I'd said to you and many, many other people before, is like, okay, the situation that this film is in, because don't forget there's other people involved. There's editors, there's the director, there's the other cast, there's the whole rest of the cast it's a case of like okay Ezra's caused all these problems and everything else how do you market this film because Mm -hmm. even in the Shazam trailer when they mention the flash the shot is from the back of the flash they don't show Ezra's face so if you can't even do that there how are you going to market an entire film you've got posters you've got interviews you've got like need another trailer at some point that's going to have Ezra's face in it so it's a complicated situation certainly I'm not saying that there's an easy answer because there isn't an easy answer but.
0: Yeah, I agree with you as well. And there is a chance that he may face criminal charges for some of the things that he did, you know, which is oh, I think he should. whether he can use an insanity defense or reduce mental capacity or something. But you are right. There are things that went on that you can blame to a point on his mental health. But uh-huh. I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out and where it goes. But that is the situation at the moment. It seems that they are going to try and go with option one of that. So expect an Oprah interview fairly soon, maybe. Uh, yeah. But yes, I mean, we'll they still think- have
1: till June next year, is it?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, if he keeps his nose clean and maybe comes back out at some point and does a sort of interview of like, look, this is what happened,
1: but we'll see mm. whether he can dig himself out of that hole. We're all in agreement though, that Ezra can't be the flash after this film.
0: I- well, yeah, I think whatever happens with this, I think it will be very difficult to keep Ezra as the Flash after this movie. But because what if you cast
1: him in a Flash 2 or whatever you'd put them in and then the same thing starts happening again? Yeah. There's a bit too much uh, money risk there. Yeah. I think just put put this film out in whatever, whatever way you're going to do that. That's up to the studio to decide. Recast and then just move on, I yeah. think. I, so. I think that
0: would make sense. Yeah. Sticking with DC stuff, we have some actual recasting coming to superman and lois jordan ellis who plays jonathan on superman and lois will not be returning for the new season that's season three warner brothers put out a very short statement that says jordan ellis has notified the studio he will not be returning to superman and lois for season three due to personal reasons the role of jonathan kent will be recast so that is all that's officially come out. There's been no comment directly from him or his people. Various sources have said it, it is due to a private matter and not a workplace-related issue. Production literally was about to begin starting on the third season. So they are, are hunting fairly quickly for a new actor to uh, take over that role. Some people did point out that there was an Instagram post, I think, that he put up himself. I think it was earlier this month that was saying that he was seeking help for mental health issues and would be going off social media for at least a month while he goes in for treatment to sort that out. So it may be that. There's been some talk about his vaccine status as well, because apparently he made some anti-vax comments a while back and Superman and Lois shoots in Vancouver and Canada will not let actors into the country unless they are vaccinated. So there was some talk of maybe that it was to do with his vaccine status but I suspect that's not the case. I think given that he made that post about mental health issues I suspect it's that that's Hmm. doing it. But officially nobody's made any actual statement about why he has left the role but it means that we are going to get a new Jonathan Kent when the series returns for its third season. I've been watching the second season actually. I'm working through it at the moment because I I forgot that it had gone up on the BBC whilst I was away in America and then uh, it's now all there so I'm kind of binging my way through it i'm really quite enjoying that it's funny because i i finished the flash as well this week flash ended okay started okay i think this season with the armageddon event ended okay i could have really missed all the middle bit so um (laughs) I mean, yeah. you know, we've we've talked at length about what I think of the Flash TV show and what you think of it, so we don't really need to go over that ground again. But the leaping quality from going the, to the Flash to Superman and Lois it, is just, it's like watching sort of cardboard sets and then going to an episode of Game of Thrones, you know. I mean, it, it's just, the, there is a huge leap in quality between the two shows. I am enjoying what they're doing with Superman and Lois this season, so... um yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, it's a shame to see see uh, Jordan go as Jonathan, but some other young actor is about to get a very big boost in his career on of Things. I'm surprised I, I haven't heard
1: anything mentioned about like really anything with vaccines in a in a while. Whether it's to do with TV shows or you know your everyday sort of vaccine stuff, kind of forgotten that the whole vaccine rule thing about that being an issue. So that wasn't really what was on my mind. But in terms of his mental health stuff again very different situation to Ezra we haven't heard of Jordan Ellis doing something wrong so like, no. there's, there's been no crimes committed so in terms of this if it's like he's got like a general mental health situation then yeah I hope that he gets the yeah. help that he needs I hope that Ezra does as well they both do but they, they're in different situations yes very point, much so. so I mean
0: in, in this particular case it sounds like he was supposed to turn up on set and didn't and oh, right. or was expected to turn up on set and they got a call to say he's not going to be coming which is why there was of this very rushed kind of statement because they are back in Vancouver and I think they've mm. started production now. So it sounds like that he was hoping to be able to go back and has decided against it or he has gone in for treatment like he said and he's you know he's still there if that is the case. Just don't know at the moment. As you say it's a very different situation to Westbrook. This seems to be a private matter of him dealing with something if that is the case, and it's nothing to do with any any actions he took on set in the workplace, anything like that, I hope he gets the help that yeah. he needs. If that is the case, and I hope he pops up in something else moving forward. Moving on to other stories, there is apparently an Ali McBeal sequel in the works at ABC from one of the writers of Grey's Anatomy with a, a black female lead. Although uh, Carissa Flockhart is apparently in talks to come back and reprise her role as well. I mean, Ali McBeal probably predate you slightly over 97 I think was when it was out so the name rings a bell
1: but I can't think of what it is yeah
0: it was a legal kind of dramedy which stars Carissa Flockhart as the hopeless romantic young lawyer to a Boston legal firm it was very kind of weird and quirky because she had these sort of flights of fancy that had sort of early versions of CGI in it which had there's, there's an infamous sort of dancing baby thing that you to pop up quite a lot <laughs> whenever they were talking about her biological clock ticking and there'd be this like dancing uh, baby that popped up and, and that became one of the very early sort of internet memes was the dancing baby I'm not sure which came first I don't know whether, whether that came from the show or the, or, or the show took it from the internet I'm not entirely sure which way around that was but that was sort of a thing but it was David E. Kelly who of course has gone on to create a whole bunch of things from like Big Little Lies Big Sky he did The Lincoln Lawyer for Netflix I mean it's just he's all over everything at the moment he apparently won't be involved in this reboot thing or this continuation thing, whatever it is. It's Karen Gist, who wrote for Grey's Anatomy and Revenge before serving as showrunner on Foxy's Our Kind of People and Mixed-ish, she also worked on, so she would write the pilot and serve as EP on this. The new take will focus on a young black woman who joins the current incarnation of Cajun Fish law firm, straight out of law school, who is also reportedly the daughter of Ali's old roommate Rene, played by uh, Lisa Nicole Carson in the original series. Chris Flockhart has been approached about reprising a role as serving as exec producer, but no deals have been made at the moment. So um, it was a fun, fun show. And I used to watch it quite a lot back in the 90s and sort of early 2000s. So, yeah, and, and it won a bunch of awards. So I think it's an interesting one to go back to, that sort of uh, legal dramedy. It could be quite good fun. So it's only a pilot that they're looking at at the moment, but seems to have a solid writer behind it. it, it they're not rebooting it. It is a continuation, by the sounds of it. So uh, yeah, hmm. we'll see whether it works or not.
1: Yeah, it could work. Sounds like the sort of thing ABC could do so yes. we'll see if it
0: works we'll keep an eye on that and see we we'll see whether it does like pop up or get a pilot or whatever Moving on to uh, another show which was uh, going to return with a a black actress in the lead. That was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And there's been a long talked about reboot of Buffy. Apparently, that reboot is now on pause. They revealed in a Hollywood Reporter article or podcast or something that they mentioned that in because Gail Berman, who was supposed to be exec producer on the project, says that it is now on pause. Obviously, everybody knows what Buffy is. It was Mm -hmm. Monica Ausu Breen, who worked on Midnight Texas, was serving as writer and showrunner on it. When they originally announced it, it was described as being a reboot, and people obviously up in arms about that, because that's like, how can you reboot Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Joss was also on board as an exec producer, but that was the extent of his involvement in it, and I think because at the time they wanted his name attached to it, uh, whether that would still be the case now, I don't know, but... uh, that might have a different effect. When it was first announced, it was sort of a reboot and people were up in arms. She then clarified about the fact that, you know, the original characters can't be replaced. So she wouldn't try to replicate the brilliant and beautiful series. She then said that the world seems a lot scarier today. So maybe it's time to meet a new slayer. So that would have been the idea of it there is a way you can move forward because obviously at the end of the I mean spoilers for anybody that hasn't watched Buffy but I mean there there are lots of Slayers at the end of Buffy rather than just Buffy herself so it would be possible to still have Sarah Michelle Gellar and some of the other characters come back it would have been possible to do that and have a new Slayer which is the person that you're following Mm. there was a way forward for that they also continue Buffy in comic book form as well so there's lots of other stuff and the comic books are great if you've not read them and they, they get into a bunch of things that you couldn't do on the tv show because you have budgets so um I think this would have been a really interesting idea, but and, and I was actually okay with them doing more in the Buffyverse, because I, I like that universe, and it would have been nice to go back to it, but not to be at the moment, by the sounds of
1: it. I mean, we had a similar thing happen with um, How Met Your Father. That was, like, pitched, and they tried to do a version, it didn't work, and they ended up coming out with one. So you, you never know what might happen. This might yeah. just sort of pop up out of nowhere one day. But for those that are, like, disappointed, the original's still there. You still yeah. go and watch it on some streaming, I think it's on Disney over here, isn't it? Uh, It's a Fox show, so it's probably available somewhere, Hulu or something. So if you miss the old show, if you've still got nostalgia for it, it's there available for you. Yes,
0: it's a universe that I think is ripe for going back to. Uh, The frustrating thing is Joss did write a comic book called Frey, which was a vampire slayer but set way in the future. So it had sort of a cyberpunk thing going on. And given cyberpunk's kind of quite popular right now, And there is source material that you could work with, with that. I always thought a Frey TV series would be well worth doing. And having sort of futuristic vampires and futuristic sort of city vampire slaying stuff, because it's always a bit gothic, the vampire slaying stuff. You know, even when it's modern day, I mean, you look at something like Vampire Diaries, there's a very kind of gothic thing going on with that. So I always thought Frey was the obvious thing to go for if you were going to kind of make something else in the... Buffy universe, but nobody's decided to broach that yet, which is a shame. I mean, presumably because it'd be quite expensive because you're doing a lot of CG work for mm. CGI cities. And well, things. it's Disney, so. Well, yeah, I mean, presumably if they got the rights to it, then right. you know, yeah. they could do it. But that would seem like the obvious thing to me to do rather than trying to sort of slot something in as a continuation of the main show. But we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure at some point they have to go back to that universe.
1: The interesting thing to me is I, I haven't actually finished Buffy, so I've still <laughs> got some of it to go and watch. So I used to watch it with an ex-girlfriend and then I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did some classic reviews episodes for it, but um, I've still got like most of the show to watch.
0: It is worth it's- watching. It's it ends really well. Oh, I'll definitely well. keep going with it. I just yeah. need to uh, arrange when to do that. Certainly, that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So highlights for next week. We only have four shows, but there are some really interesting ones in here. Star Trek Lower Decks, as I mentioned earlier, that is back. It's on Prime Video. It's still over on Prime Video. It's not got taken back by Paramount Plus yet. That is coming on the 26th of August. That will drop. I'm very much looking forward to that. That's season three. I know you were a bit unsure about Lower Decks, but I really enjoyed it. it's, It's very much sort of a comedy version of Next Generation. So worth looking at. C returns for its third and final season. That's the Jason Momoa series set in a future where the human race has lost its sight. That's on the 26th as well. That's over on Apple TV. I'm looking forward to that because I think the first two seasons of that were brilliant. The Capture returns for a second season. That was the Holiday Granger series where it was all based around sort of deep fake and fake news and misinformation and that sort of stuff. First season of that was great. Papa Esadu is the new co-lead for the second season because it's one of those where you have a the antagonist changes every season, although the other lead changes every season, much like they did with Line of Duty. The Capture Season 2, that's on the 28th of August at 9pm. Go and check that out there. That's the Capture Season 2, 28th of August at 9pm. And then over on Paramount Plus, Home Economics, the first season of that lands on the 29th of August. And that takes a heartwarming yet uncomfortable and sometimes frustrating look at a relationship between three adult siblings, one in the 1%, one in the middle Class and one barely holding on. I think Topher Grace is the lead in that, if I remember correctly. That's coming on the 29th of August on Paramount plus and that's home economics so that is everything coming for the next week on TV if people want to find more of your stuff where can they find you you can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org or on your favourite podcast platform by searching for the same name
1: still doing TV games films May night a podcast recently reviewed Moss book 2 or Moss 2 the, the VR game very very fun very very good stuff did what you'd want a sequel to do which is introduce new ideas that fit in really well so very much enjoyed that the gaming talk back this week we talked about a whole bunch of Assassin's Creed stuff uh, talked about some Iron Man stuff and talked about uh, somebody using a mod on the Spider-Man PC version to take out the pride flags in the game because they felt the need to do that for some reason. Yes. For that so we talked about all that. Premier League is back United are back. We've got Liverpool later. We'll see how we deal with that. Uh, but for the next game we'll have a new player called Casemiro. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. But that will be for the next game because he can't play today. So yeah uh, film reviews. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion like I said. and i got some other film reviews coming out soon as well that I'm hoping to do this week. Like David said. Uh, better Call also westworld podcast pretty much finished with those so uh yeah lots of things going on with that uh you can find me on twitch etalk uk and youtube entertainment talk players for all my video game related content
0: so that's me yep yeah, so go and check matt out over at entertainment talk for other people involved in the show you can of course go and find bex over on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites she's got lots and lots of streams pretty much daily uh some evenings and stuff and uh always very very funny that's uh trista b-y-t-e-s so go and check her out over there. For Daryl, you can go and find him at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love which are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk Leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown or on Instagram at geektown UK. That is everything. We share. I'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.